Take your notes out and we're going to begin this season of Advent, lighting the first candle today. If you've never done this, if you've never celebrated in this particular way, know that this is an old tradition within the church of the Lord Jesus, where we focus not just on the birth of Christ, but also on the return of the Lord Jesus. You understand that the Advent is the coming. You understand that? His coming. Some would say, well, when is Jesus coming? I want you to know that he came. Somebody thank God for that. He came. And he's also coming again. And in this time, we need to know that when Jesus came, he did not come to leave us in bitterness. He came, and by his Spirit, he came to make things better. Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for those young ladies who brought that message today. Come on. As we begin today in the series, we're titling it, I Believe. Some of you could tell me that you have been somewhere, am I right, to a department store somewhere, and you saw the words believe all the way across the front. Uh, you walked in, and underneath there, uh, 50% discount or 20% discount or whatever coupon you had, you, you saw this believe and uh, walked through the store and knew that what they were talking about was probably not what you really needed. Because in the world, they tell you to believe. Believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. If you just keep believing in yourself, you're going to do well. How many have ever failed yourself before? Anybody ever done that? Or have you ever put your faith in somebody else and they failed you? Yeah, I'm not trying to get you bitter right now, but how many know that people will fail you? Has anybody found that? That people will... I try to tell people this on occasion, you know, as you come, become a part of the church, like, look, I don't know where you've been, but I'm that pastor that will never fail you. I'm not like those other people. Excuse me, my success is in the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? Sometimes in my flesh, I fail people. Somebody thank God that Jesus never fails, amen? I believe. Say it, I believe. In fact, shout it, I believe. I, uh, I believe in Jesus, the hope of the world. I also believe, when I say I believe, I also believe, as vision, I believe that God has great things for us to do. Does anybody else believe that? Anybody believe that? You're afraid I'm going to pull you in right now. I am. I'm, I'm hooking you. So anybody believe that God has great things for us to do? I'm going to show you the conflict, all right? I just finished this series on seven churches. I want to show you the conflict. I want to show you the pressure, okay? I'm just looking around the room. Wondering if I can make everybody happy right now. Because that's my job, isn't it? As a pastor, i got to make sure. And if you bring somebody to church and they're here for the first time, I'm like, oh, help me, Holy Spirit. So I say exactly the right thing that will make sure that they know that I'm the greatest pastor on the planet and that they should keep coming back. Make sure the music is, oh, come on, get the music and the lights right. Dear Lord, help us right now because if the music and the lights aren't right, oh, somebody was pitchy. Now, that's... All right. When I say I have a great vision for the church, here's, here's the vision. I really want to saturate this city, the seven cities, with the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody want to do that? I want to soak people with the message, the good news of the gospel of Jesus. How many believe they need that, all right? So when I, when I tell you that, 
The pressure is placed upon me to make sure that I market everything just right and set everything up just right in order to accomplish that. Really, the pressure ends up on me. The pressure, the pressure of being everything to everybody. If I can dance just right, if I can dress just right, if I can just be the cool pastor and get better shoes. No. Here's what it's supposed to be about. It's about all of us gathering a vision. It's about all of us. Come on. How many know that you're a part of the saturation process? Do you know that? That we win our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's what he's saying. So we're all in this. All right, I passed that. We, um, we are in a season of belief, and in this teaching I want us to look at Luke 145. Read this with me. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. There's a couple of individuals that had to believe here, a couple of individuals. One in this story is a woman named Elizabeth. That's her quote. But she's speaking with a woman named Mary. Both of them happen to be pregnant. And they say, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her of the Lord. I just love, anybody love it when people in the church are pregnant? Anybody love that? I, you know, I'm looking around right now. Anybody want to make any announcements or anything? But uh, we had, we had you know, some first service, and we had some earlier. They were first service, and now they stayed for music and stuff, and they left again. But uh, I just love it. So if you're pregnant, congratulations. All right, congratulations. No, wait, wait. Some of you are pregnant, you're just not showing. I'm not talking to just the ladies right now. Come on, anybody? Because God wants to do things in our life, right? He wants to conceive things inside us by the Holy Spirit that will bless our world. Anybody believe that? So uh, I, I want you to believe for great things. Today, we're lighting the first candle of the Advent season. Uh, Diane and I have five candles at our house sitting on our breakfast table, and uh, we light one candle uh, for a week to pray, and then we light two candles for the second week, and for the third week, and the fourth week, all the way up to Christmas. And we're praying in hope, and we're praying in joy, and peace, and love. We're praying on those particular areas together every day. And I invite you, if you've not done such a thing, to get more candles, get more than one, and light, and pray, and believe God. And this week, we light the candle of hope, and I'm praying that God would raise up hope in your life. Today, I want to talk to you about hope. I believe I want to talk to you about a season of hope, Romans chapter 15 and verse 12. And this is what literally Paul writes. For Isaiah says, he's quoting from Isaiah, he says this, There shall be a root of Jesse... And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall have hope. And then he goes on, and he says to the Romans, he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see that last line. That you may abound, that you may have an abundance 
of hope, that you may abound, that you may have more than enough hope. How do I do that? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurts and pains that I've experienced. You don't know how many people have wounded me, failed me, let me down. He says this, I don't want you to abound in hope because of people. I want you to abound in hope because of, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The absence of hope is the absence of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Anybody hear what I'm telling you right now? Do you receive this? I love this passage of Scripture. Um, I'll get more into this. Let me, let me just ask you, how many of you have ever heard of a singer named Johnny Cash? Johnny Cash. Who's heard of Johnny Cash? Before lift your hand. Have you ever heard of Johnny Cash? Songs that he sang? You don't remember any songs? Boy Named Sue. Boy named Sue. <laughs> That's a great one. I was thinking, walk the line because you're mine. I'll walk the line. Or uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Ring of Fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I like that song. I think. Bob Hope. How many have ever heard of Bob Hope? Bob Hope was that great comedian for years and years. He was especially famous for traveling during times of war and, and being with the troops and uh, just famous. In fact, it used to be that in Burbank, the Burbank Airport used to be called Bob Hope Airport for years and years. And when I'd flown into California, I'd love that because Felicia and Lauren and Malachi didn't live very far from there and we'd go to the Bob Hope. They changed it to Burbank, but... I think, I think Bob Hope is a pretty great guy. Anybody ever heard of this last guy? You know his name? Steve Jobs. Anybody heard of Steve Jobs? How many have been blessed by Steve Jobs with the, with the phone that you have in your hand? Anybody like that iPhone? Anybody like it? I mean, it creeps me out a little bit on occasion when I see that little Apple insignia with a bite out of it. I'm thinking, that sounds an awful lot like what the devil did to Adam and Eve. But anyway, I, I ain't preaching about that right now, but... Uh, what do Johnny Cash and Bob Hope and Steve Jobs all have in common? That is that within the last 20 years, all three of them died. Within the last 20 years, all three of them died. And now we have no cash, no hope, and no jobs. <laughs> Set the hook. And we should pray that Kevin Bacon doesn't die. Because we can do without jobs, but ain't nobody doing without bacon. Can I? Come on, do I got a witness someplace? <laughs> Listen to what I'm going to say to you. Let me tell you. When I say that, you're laughing right now, but some of you have lost your cash. Some of you lost your jobs. You don't know where the bacon's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Some of you have been through it. And, and, and as our young lady shared a moment ago, life is tough sometimes. And life can cause you to get angry. I mean, it doesn't have to be a person. How many have ever just been upset with life? Anybody ever been upset with life? How many recently have said, really? Really? Is that, is that happening again? What's going on? How many red lights can I hit on the way to church on a Sunday morning? No, no, wait. I mean, life can really get tough, right? And, and here's what we know. This is what I hope you believe, and that is that life is tough, but God is tougher than life. 
right? Come on, you ought to clap your hands for that. Life, life can be difficult. God is real, and the battle does not belong to you. Anybody read this before? The battle belongs to the Lord. It's... Uh, uh, you know, anybody ever had a glow stick before? Anybody have a glow stick? It's amazing. They can sell you a package of glow sticks. You open up and they're not glowing. You know what you have to do to make a glow stick glow? You got to break it. You got to just keep breaking it and breaking it, breaking it. And the more you break it, the more it glows. You sometimes have to go through some brokenness before you really shine. And so, you know, Anton, I had him come up here and light the candle of hope today. Some of you shine brighter right now. You say, why am I shining right now? I'm telling you, you're shining because you didn't even have a testimony. Some people say, man, I just want God to do a miracle. I just don't want to be in a place for a miracle. But thank God for a blind man who could not shut up. Praise God for somebody who would leap and jump and praise God because he couldn't walk before, but now he's walking. Praise God for individuals who would meet Jesus by a well and be embraced and be loved and would go home and tell their entire town, all oh, of Samaria, what God has done. I'm telling you, I've been through some brokenness, and out of it, I'm here to tell you that the God that was God when Jesus was a baby in a manger is still the God who will walk you through your difficult times. Have hope, child. Have hope. Have hope. Keep believing in God. Amen. Come on, believers. Is there anything that should reveal how we are as believers? It should be our hope. Say, I'm a hopeless pastor. I'm telling you, I have been there. Anybody with me? Anybody been there where you were just hopeless? Nobody cares. It's amazing how quiet your cell phone can be when you are hopeless. Ain't nobody calling me, and then you'll transfer, right? No to transference. You were hopeless. Now you're just mad because nobody called you to check on you. You didn't call nobody to tell them what was up, but it's their fault because if they loved you, they'd have called you. Come on. But when you were a kid, you weren't, you'd lay in bed and say, Mama! Till she came. Right? She didn't come and slap you and say, stop saying mama. No. Preach, Pastor Rick. My hope is in the Lord Jesus. My hope will not be dictated by my current circumstances. Your past is not your last. Your story is not over. Remember Jesus? How many remember Jesus? He was born in a manger. He was tempted by the devil. He was ridiculed by the religious. He was tormented, crucified. But even on the cross, he was not done making plans yet because he was after the soldiers who crucified him that they would be forgiven and know that he was the Messiah. He was prepared to go to his next adventure. Go ahead, kill me. I'll go into hell and take the keys of death and hell in the grave. Three days later, he wasn't done. The story wasn't over. He rose again after three days. Still wasn't finished. He ascended to heaven, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and sent word, I'm coming back. Set us free from our sin. Gave us a future and a hope. Somebody, Jeremiah 29, 11, 
You remember I preached this, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. These are people who are going to spend 70 years in Babylon. He says, ah, you're going to be there for 70 years, baby. You just keep building. You just keep working because I'm coming back. I'm going to bring you out of your captivity. I'm going to bring you out of your bondage. I have a plan for you. Somebody thank God that he has a plan. Too many of us no longer live life by hope because we're too bullied by our fears. How many know fear is a bully? Anybody know that? You said, no, people are bullies. No, fear is bully. It's a language that is spoken by others, but it's really that spirit of fear that, l- listen, listen, when, you're a, when, when fear loses its control of you, it don't matter what people say to you. You come on! Anybody ever heard of lies? <laughs> that's just not the truth. That's that's just a, that's just a lie. You can cut people off. You can say, "Oh, I hear that." You don't know what he's talking about because I've been set free and empowered by Jesus. Come on, God wants us to live out our lives, hopefully looking toward the future. Do you know that the the most frequently repeated command in the Bible? Three words. Do not fear. Come on, say it again. Do not fear. Come on, how many know fear will hamstring you? Anybody know that? You need to understand that sometimes when you're having a bad day, your worst day with God is better than your best day without Him. Somebody shout amen. Say it with me. Your worst day with God is better than your best day without. Tell somebody next to you because they're not reading my slide. Your worst day with God is better than your best day without him. Somebody shout hope. Hope. Back in, anybody been around here for a long time? Anybody like remember the 2000s when we released a CD, uh, Freedom Live? Anybody remember that? And Felicia wrote a song and put it on that project called My Hope Is In You. Anybody remember that? Man, that girl can write lyrics. Of course, I just want to let you know that she stole some of those lyrics from the Bible. (laughs) Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, and Psalm 39. Take my trouble, change it into treasure. Take my sorrow, turn it into joy. Take these feet, because I can dance. I will dance for you, Lord. Here's the word of God. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I'm singing good this morning. (laughs) My hope is found in your great love. Your compassions never fail. You are my portion, so I'll wait on you. That's Psalm 39. Great is your faithfulness. My hope is in you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot I was at church. I couldn't be happy. I'm sorry. I... Look at somebody and say, this is your season of hope. Tell them, this is your season of hope. Come back alive. Now, now when I tell you that, some of you are struggling with that because it's the Christmas season and you know, if anything, it's not the season of hope unless you're under 10 years old. (laughs) And then we pull a big head fake on them when they're older. Because some of you are saying, well, how am I going to get the money? How am I going to do this? What's going on? Oh, no, I got those crazy relatives that are going to want to visit me. Uh, and I'm going I'm to return more to this text, but this is the season of the Advent, and I want to give you a, a scripture story that will reveal to you the power of hope and make two statements to you. One is this, hope belongs to those who believe in Jesus. Yes. 
You got that? Hope belongs to those who believe in Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't have Jesus, I support your hopelessness. Because in this world, you will have sorrow. Somebody thank God you've overcome the world. Do you understand that? In this world, you will have sorrow. In this world, you will have disappointment. In this world, you will have pain. You might say, why do I have hope? I could have Jesus. See, hope is a product that's only distributed to those who believe in the Lord Jesus. Your hope is limited to only your lifespan on the planet. And you don't have, come on, you don't have you don't have power in your hope. You don't have the power behind your hope. Uh, often when hope dies, you've just lost your faith in what God has said. You see, we sometimes forget that we're part of a bigger story. That God is doing something bigger. Has anybody ever found that to be true? That something happened. He said, oh, well, that's weird. And you think it's just about you. Somebody shout, it's not just about me. It's not about me. It's about what God is doing. So we're going to look in Luke 1. This is a story. It's a story of, we're moving to the story of the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 1. But there's several characters that are involved uh, who never dreamed that they were playing a part of these, these, these roles. They knew the Bible, they knew the, the law, they knew the prophets, uh, but they didn't realize that they were part of something bigger that God was doing. So notice the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 8. Zechariah uh, is a part of a division of priests that are called to serve at the temple, and he, specifically by lot, is chosen. In other words, they, they drew his name out of a, out of a hat, and he was chosen to go to stand in uh, the, the holy place and he was to present worship by burning incense at the altar of incense while all the other people are standing outside praying and worshiping, standing in the course, outer course, worshiping. All the people have come together, but it was his lot. It was a chance, just something that happened. I mean, his name was just kind of pulled out, and, and he was chosen. Everybody didn't want to do this because there was this fear that went along with it that if, if everything hadn't been taken care of, you might just be struck dead. You know? so, so he gets to go and stand in the presence of the Lord. And in verse 11, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Oh no, I'm about to die. But the angel said to him, here's the command, don't be afraid. Do not fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Anybody ever prayed? Anybody ever pray? How many have ever asked God to do something? Anybody? Anybody ever pray and you pray because of what Jesus did? Because you go into the presence of the Father because of Jesus Christ, right? Before you couldn't go. Somebody else had to take care of business. But now you can pray directly to God. And you pray in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the pathway to the presence of, of God, right? So here's what happens. Uh, you pray, and what does God do when you pray? He hears your prayers. Come on, let somebody thank God. This whole story is a, is, a, is, a, is a presentation of what goes on in heaven. Do you realize, go ahead, take it. Anybody smell anything right now? The person next to you, somebody's cologne, somebody's perfume, right? God, come on, his, your prayers are like incense that are constantly before him. I don't know if you love this or not. It's like God goes, what? Yeah, 
as always in the room. One day, at, in the fullness of time, I'm going to do exactly that because they came and they prayed. Anybody still believe that God answers prayer? Does anybody believe that? You see, you only believe that God answers prayer if he answers it when you tell him. You are not God. You don't answer prayers. God answers prayer. So, anyway, he said, here's your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John because you never prayed that you would have a son and name him John. God had bigger plans. He will be a joy and a delight to you and you can see him wiping their brow right there. Thank you, God. And many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. Here's some plans. Here's some direction. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. I want you to separate this boy. And you might say, well, how is this going on? Well, let me explain this. Uh, for some of you, you might have waited on a child for a long time. I don't know. But during that time of waiting, you saw other people raising their kids. And you started saying things like, when we have kids, they are not acting like that. I ain't got an amen from anybody right now. When we have kids, oh, thank God. I tell you, if I was there, mama, I would. And you, you start, in fact, you actually refine some of your beliefs, some of your understanding uh, when it comes to uh, raising kids. So, so John and Elizabeth, when God gives them directions, they're like, okay, yeah, we weren't planning on this to happen or that to happen. And then, and then he goes on and says, many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now this is all powerful, all right? This is powerful, but John has a bit of a problem. Uh, in verse 18, uh, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Okay, now an angel is standing in front of him in all of his power and glory, and, and Zechariah is so hopeless that he looks Gabriel in the face and says, okay, I need to be sure of this because I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angels answered, I like this, I am Gabriel. And I am standing in the presence of God. Did you feel that, son? And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. I came to give you good news. This is good news. Sometimes you've been so hopeless for so long, you get good news and you reject it. You come up for prayer, we get people up here laying hands on you and anointing you and go, I don't, I don't know if I can believe that. I don't know if God's going to do that or not. Somebody actually prays for you and prophesies. God's heard your prayer. He's going to heal you. He's going to do great things in your life. And you're going, right. Thank you, and you're already arguing. Come on, Zechariah, just hush for a moment and pay attention. Am I preaching to anybody in the house? And he says, okay, since, since you don't have anything good to say, I'm not going to let you say anything at all. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Somebody shout, proper time. Now, I want to just show you here some family drama that's going on. What you see here is also a bit of a crisis between a husband and a wife because Zachariah has gotten to a place of hopelessness, and Elizabeth, I believe, is still hopeful. Anybody hear that? Because, listen, listen, when I tell husbands and wives that they ought to pray together and you don't, 
I just want to tell you that that's, you, need, you need to pay attention to your pastor. You need to pay attention. You guys need to start praying because if the two of you will rise together and you'll get closer to the Lord Jesus and, and one of you will lift up the other and then when the other one's down, you will lift that one up. You'll join hands. Come on, during this season, light a candle, sit around your table and call on the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, God will send his spirit right there in the middle of all of your hopelessness and bring you healing. It's telling you, telling you how it is. But this isn't just a story about pregnancy. It's about a family. It's about, it's about a family that stopped believing in the future. It's, it's, not, it's not even about just the baby. It's about life. Uh, and and I, I want you to see this because some of us got Zechariah disease. You're so full of frustration and heart sickness and disappointment that you'll come back to the church unable to speak next Sunday. I heard him preach last Sunday. I ain't any more to say. Don't lose your testimony because you're upset with God's timing. I'm going to let that marinate for a moment. Don't lose your testimony because you're upset with God's timing because God wants you to know that you're a part of something bigger. In fact, the reason they had, hadn't had a child yet was because God had chosen them. Jesus. He had chosen them. And God had a timing. When Je- How many know when Jesus was born? Jesus was born, according to Scripture, when the fullness of God's time was fulfilled at exactly the right time, when all the governments were in a particular place, when Rome was in a particular place, when everything had happened in history. So at a particular time, when Jesus Christ was born, God had, God had already spoken to, uh, to, Je- to, to, to Zechariah, and he had already ministered to Elizabeth. And then after that, he, Gabriel's going to go and speak to Mary, and the Holy Spirit's going to come up on Mary. You see, you don't understand that you're a part of something bigger. No, you still don't get this. I want you to understand. Look at me. Look at me. You want God to do things, but God wants you to know that he wants to answer some of your prayers and do some things that are in order with his timing. Now, what is next on God's agenda? The return of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 24 and look at some of the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24. The Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, he's sitting with them, he says, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many, and, and then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise and deceive many and because of lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. How many have experienced any of that? Anybody seen that? I mean, good, strong Christians, they don't serve God anymore. Don't even think about God. Don't pray anymore. Quit going to church years ago, oh, I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in Jesus like you do. In other words, they, they got themselves a whole new Bible, a whole new religion. Read about it in those seven churches that I preached about last month, okay? And, and, and there'll be false prophets that rise up. I preached about that too. But he says this, but he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So how many know you're a part, of, a part of the coming of Jesus? Anybody understand that? God, Come on. I am a part of the story of the return of the Lord Jesus. I'm kind of excited. Did you enjoy the girls up here dancing? Anybody enjoy that today? Anybody enjoy that? I did. Come on. Let's clap our hands for that. 
I mean, a couple of Wednesday night, we had all of our children up here on the platform leading worship. Did you see all of that? Anybody see that? Do you know why? Because those are preachers. Those are prophets. That's what they are. Those are individuals that we're raising up right now because they're going to share the good news of Jesus. You might say, well, right, what about me? Yeah, even you. If one day you would listen to the Lord Jesus, he would put hope in your heart and you would overcome the fear that you have that has been holding you back for telling your neighbors and your friends and your co-workers that Jesus is alive, that Jesus will save them from their sins, and he's coming back again. Somebody shout, keep preaching, keep singing, keep hoping. God's not finished yet. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Sorry. I want to move ahead. Let me, let me just, I'm going to make one more point about this. It's, uh, let me take you to Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. This will lead up to this. I love Luke 1, 40, 41 through 45. So, Zachariah gets home, and I don't know how he does this. Sign language. He explains to Elizabeth, uh, I saw it. He says, just tell me, honey. And he says, and she gets the message. <laughs> she gets pregnant, and uh, she's, anybody remember those days when you're close to giving birth, you know, getting down the road? And so she's pregnant, and her cousin Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that story later, okay? This one's about John's birth. And Mary gets the message that she can confirm what he has done in her life because Mary is never, she's the virgin Mary. She has never known a man and she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit because that which she has conceived is the Son of God. And I want to confirm this because I want you to go and visit your relative Elizabeth and even though she is beyond years, she's down the road, she's already, she's pregnant. What? Mary gets, she calls Uber, they bring a donkey over. And <laughs> she's riding down a dirt road. She's a little nauseous, doesn't know what's up. She walks in to her cousin's house, and Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. Elizabeth, I need to see you. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now watch what, watch what Elizabeth does to Mary. She begins to bless her in a loud voice. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. What? She's prophesying. Anybody see this? She's prophesying to Mary. Doesn't know all the story. I mean, the word is not all out yet. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your baby, of, of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed, come on, this is our theme. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. I'm about to bless somebody. Anybody with me on this? 
I'm about to bless somebody. I want you, I want you to, anybody want to be blessed? Anybody want this? Come on, I'm speaking blessing over your life right now. I'm speaking blessing in your life. Now, what happened with Elizabeth is she's standing there. She's been pregnant. She is not pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She is pregnant because her mute husband came home with sign language, lighting candles. What? Okay, and then she gets pregnant, but when Mary walked in the door, she is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and begins to speak things that she and her husband had not been speaking. God, come on, how many know God is able? Anybody know that God is able? And she is filled with hope, the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, well, you know, John the Baptist, what's up with him? Holy Spirit is all over Elizabeth, and Holy Spirit is all over the baby. Come on, how many believe pregnant ladies ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody believe that? So they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and she starts saying, what's going on, Mary? Here's what, what do you get from this. The Holy Spirit will keep your hope alive. How many believe that? The Holy Spirit will keep your hope alive. The Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8 says this, and this, here's a scripture that is kind of fun for us. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with, somebody say groanings, and circle the word groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I want to show you what this is, but uh, have you ever wondered how people get through stuff? Anybody met anybody and wondered how in the world did they get through this? I mean, some of you have had such loss in your families. No people in the room that have lost children, you know? Goodness, you know, every year, you know, I always remember Calvin, you know. <laughs> remember when he died in that swimming pool, and I see Bobby and Felicia back there still worshiping, loving Jesus. How, how did you get through stuff like that? How do you get through it? Millicent, I love you, honey. It's so good to see you. You know, it's hard to believe it. It wasn't that long ago that your precious husband went on to be with the Lord Jesus. It was just sudden and difficult and I mean, how do you get, does anybody understand what I'm saying? How do you get through? You know, I was talking the other day about that 2015 season. You know, here we lost so many people like in just a few months. You know, looking at Ernie and Emma, you know, lost Julian. How do you, how do you walk through times like this? I saw the Harrison family been here today and Sydney was up here singing and, and you know, just past the anniversary of the, the passing of, of Terrence and how, what a struggle that was. But you know what they were doing yesterday? They were moving into a new house. Amen. And you say, well, how do you, how do you do that? How do you go? How do you move on to Jacksonville? How do, you, how do you move on to that next place in your life? How do you do that? Because we, what we need to know is how do people get through what they've been going through? How do you hope in difficult times? Hope is evidence of the Holy Spirit in our life. We hear freedom. We are directly related to a lot of folks. Uh, do you realize you have family that you've never seen before that died horrific deaths? Do you know that? Have you ever heard of the persecution of the saints? Have you ever heard of that? Did you know that you have relatives 
that were cut to shreds because they would not deny Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You have relatives. No, no, listen, I, I, this, this is a horrendous story, but I'll tell I didn't even think I would tell her, but I, we were praying this morning. It was just heavy in my heart. I was, I was studying uh, some of the martyrs, some of the great martyrs, and some of the less mentioned. Some who have been canonized or called saints, and uh, although we love our dear Catholic brothers and sisters, we do not pray to anybody but Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody? But even before that, when, when they were martyred, uh, a young man by the name of Timothy and his wife of 20 days, Mara. Uh, Timothy was the keeper of the Bible. He kept the gospel. He held the book in his hands. And he had to keep it because the Romans didn't like uh, that the Christians were growing. And they were all supposed to, if they were going to be Roman, they had to kneel and they had to pledge that Caesar was their God. And they wouldn't do these Christians. And they're just turning the world upside down. So they capture Timothy and they tell Timothy, we need you to give us the books. And Timothy refused. Not the Timothy of the Bible, another young man named Timothy. He refused to. And so they gouged out his eyes. And he still refused. And so they ripped off his eyelids. And he still refused. And so they beat him. And he still refused. And they put a cross in his prison cell. And they nailed him onto the cross. And he still refused to give up the Bible. And so they went and they captured his wife, Mara. And they carried her into the prison cell. And they beat his wife, Mara. And they cut off all of her fingers. And they ripped her hair from her head. And they gouged out her eyes. And they nailed her on the cross. And they put their two bleeding, dying bodies in front of one another. And you know what Tim and Mara did? With all they had left, they worshipped the Lord Jesus who had counted them worthy to die for the gospel. Now wait, wait. You say, why would they do that? Because they had a hope that was beyond this world. Why would people not deny Jesus? Because their hope was the same Jesus that came to this earth. The same Jesus that died on the cross would also take their dead bodies and give them new bodies and give them eternity with him. Why don't we quit? Why don't some of you quit right now? You had a bad day. You had struggle in your home. You lost your job. You lost your cash. Come on. You lost all of that. You say, God, where are you? I tell you, the same Jesus who died is coming back. Now, how do, you, how do we deal with this? Somebody praise God. We just praise God. Tell him he's good. Somebody, come on, in the house, just praise God. Praise, come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Some people would say, well, that's a horrible story. Yeah? But guess what? There are, in the world today, 2.3 billion Christians. Did you hear what I said? More than any religion in the world, people believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, well, Islam is really growing. Somebody thank God that the gospel is being preached all around the world. Somebody thank God. You're a part of that. And when I say that and I tell you that, you say, but what about all the persecution? How could with all of that death, with all of that persecution, how could this happen? Well, Paul explained it because he was persecuted and he was martyred. And he said this in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Here we go. For we know that the whole creation groans, shout it, groans, and labors with birth pangs toward until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves... But it's a different kind of groaning. With everything that happens, my groaning is, oh, I want to see you, Jesus. I look forward, anybody with me on this? I look forward to the day when I see him. Eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we are saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You see this? My hope is this. I haven't seen heaven yet, but I'm eagerly looking forward. Anybody with me? Anybody see that? I, anybody eagerly looking forward to Jesus? No more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more sin, no more Satan. But we are weak even in our hope. So, verse 26, with all this groaning going on, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. We don't even know how to pray as we ought. Lord, what's going on? Elizabeth hasn't had a baby. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray through our pain. We don't know how to pray through our sickness. We don't know how sometimes to hold on. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Somebody shout the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There is something. Anybody ever just, you're praying. Anybody ever pray in the Spirit besides me? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. You just pray in the Spirit. It's not like I did not plan to pray in this particular direction. But there's something that's got a hold of me on the inside. That when nothing in the world makes sense, somehow the baby inside of me leaps because I am in the presence of most high God. Uh, somebody wave your hand and praise God. And that's where that scripture comes. And we know all things work together for good to those who love and serve the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What? Holy Spirit just told me that what is making me hopeless is really for my good. That which I'm complaining about, God says, I'm going to use what you're complaining about in order to preach the gospel all around the world. Stop. Come on. Stop complaining. Somebody shout, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Yeah, come on. You guys you need to get this Freedom Fellowship. Uh, anybody got one of these? I, I got one, okay? And every time you complain this week, just snap yourself once, okay? Just, all right? Listen, listen. You know why you shouldn't complain? Because God is doing something. Somebody shout Amen. So I'm going to confess this. I was watching Dancing with the Stars on the finale show. And I was wanting to hear my daughter sing because she sings on that show. And I was wanting to hear her sing. But she had already told me that, that in spite of the fact that usually on the, the, the night 
the closing night of the season that she always walks out and sing, that she wasn't going to be doing that. But some other girl was coming out to sing. Some girl named Lauren Daigle. What? Hello? Hello? Lauren Daigle. No, she's a gospel, she's a Christian singer. Well, what's she going to sing? Probably, she probably has a song that isn't about Jesus. No, no. She's singing You Say. Amen. So the finale songs, this Christian young woman, now listen, who when she was in high school was so sick that she didn't believe that she would ever be able to do anything, laid in bed with an autoimmune disorder with visions of traveling and singing. And the Lord Jesus put vision in her heart. Little did she know that she would be on Billboard's top. Amen. The top of Billboard charts. With songs like, uh, Look Up, Child. <laughs> and this song, You Say. Anybody heard You Say? Because this is the song she sang, You Say. I can't sing like her. I can't sing that low alto thing she does. I mean, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know Holy Spirit comes along. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong. When I think I am weak, you say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say that I am yours. And I say it, believe what you say of me. <laughs> it's a Christian song. Listen, the Lord in His grace would like to assure you today that no matter how hopeless you have been, if you will invite the Holy Spirit into your life, something will leap on the inside of you. You will see your prayers answered and God do things that you never dreamed that he would do. Anybody agree with what I'm saying to you today? Stand on your feet and let's give praise to the Lord Jesus. I want to do two things as I close this morning. One of the things I want to do is, if I could get some prayer workers just to come and stand over here, over here to my left, so my altar team, just come and stand. Is there anybody in this house that would say to me, Pastor Rick, that sermon may have been just for me this morning. Would you wave your hand and let me see you? Some of you who have felt so hopeless, so weary. Hey, just stay over here, Frank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring people on this side. I got other. Frank's trying to change my altar service. No, I'm teasing Frank. I, I love I'm, come after me. So, some of you have been so hopeless, so tired, that God's never going to do anything great in my life. And I'm telling you that today is Elizabeth's day. 
He would like to conceive something inside of your heart. Are you ready to receive this? Anybody? And you thought this message was just for you. It was, but it's for God's greater purpose. And so I want you to do two things. Some of you just lifted your hands. And some of you that didn't, but you should have. Okay? I just want you to come up to the front and stand up here. And stand over here to my left. Okay? Ready? Come on right now. Come and just stand over here. And, and prayer workers, just hold off. Before you start praying with him, just hold off for a moment. Come and stand to my left. Just squeeze right over here. Oh, I'm going to have more than enough. I'm gonna have, okay, I can't do my left thing. Frank, I think you were prophetic. Just spread out. I got too many people spread out all the way across the room. Spread out across the room. Okay. Give me one of those. Okay, now squeeze all the way around. Preston, I'm going to need other prayer workers. Becca, come on. I need all my prayer workers. Yvonne, yeah. Sherman, Cynthia, you want to come and help us pray? you come and help us pray just come and stand over here because my, my, my big plan didn't work out so I'm not hopeless I'm blessed okay now listen here's what also I have for you today okay because we're going to pray for you but I also have a candle for you you are going to go home and you're going to go into the presence of the Lord and you're going to light a candle on your table. And you're going to believe together that the prayers that you answered, God has heard. And you're going to ask hope. Come on. Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit to come alive in your heart. And you're going to start, listen, you're going to move from that place where you were empty and at a loss Jesus to a place where you hear Mary coming in the door and you're yelling and saying Mary the Holy Spirit jumped up inside of me when you walked in the door because I know that God answered my prayer and I know that the Lord is doing something supernatural in your life will you take will you take my candles wave at me if you'll take my candle will you take my candle you take my candle all right so prayer workers before they leave before you finish praying for them make sure especially if it's a couple that you go ahead and give them a candle all right come on I want you to come now bring them close to you come on down come on down I got people all the way over in here ready to pray okay all the way over in here so just to help me prayer workers just bring them all the way down bring them all the way down come on down squeeze in then it just yeah just grab somebody and pull them up close to you all right hey sis on down come on over here I have more people right over in here come on come close come close come close Jesus 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 I don't know how I'm gonna do this everywhere around everywhere in this congregation do do this for me okay take your arm and put it there you go put it around somebody nearby you would you do that put your arm around somebody nearby you Come on, John, Zachariah, Elizabeth, come on. Put your arms around somebody, all right? And I want you to begin to pray whatever you've been praying. This is the healing that we need. This is the strength that we need. This is the touch of God that we need. And I want you to say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. 
fill this life, fill this individual in such a way that when they leave this place, they will be celebrating your power and your anointing. Now I want you to pray that way. And then, listen, before you leave the room, I want you to take a walk all the way to the front of the building. As long as I have candles, I got candles all up on the, all in these baskets on the platform. I want to, if you're, if you're married, take one as a couple, all right? Take one as a couple. If you're single, just take one for yourself. But I want you to go home, and I want you to light the candle of hope in your home. I want you to pray every day, God, give us hope, break this bitterness, make us better, heal our lives, fill us with your spirit. Are you ready? Find some people, begin to pray. God bless you all. And when you're finished praying for one another, you can be dismissed. May the Lord bless you, is my prayer. Sing something.